morning, everyone. Oops. All good there, babe? Sorry, guys. I'm just getting my little timer here because I am my father's daughter and I am prone <laughs> to going on a little bit. <laughs> so I want to hold myself accountable, so I'm going to put my timer up there. Um, for those of you who perhaps don't know me, it's not a lot of you. Most of you have known me since I was this high. Um, I was that high once. Um, <laughs> not anymore. But for those of you who don't know me, my name is Terry. Um, my surname is not MacAlpine, it is Perez. I'm married to that gorgeous Colombian in the back there. Um, 10 out of 10. Great guy. Love him a lot. <laughs> um, and we have the privilege of leading the youth at Lighthouse. And it's, it's just been such an awesome journey that we've been on um, in the Lord. And we are so, so blessed to be a part of the Lighthouse community. And we love you guys a lot. So I have the privilege of sharing with you guys part two of our Lost Son series. And I'm going to be sharing on the younger brother. I'm going to try my best not to spoil the coming weeks. Um, but it's hard, so <laughs> I will say spoiler alert, you can just cover your ears if you don't want to hear. Um, but when we were chatting in, in the elders meeting about who's going to preach what, I almost jumped out of my chair when um, they were like, so who's going to preach the younger brother like portion of the preach? I almost jumped out of my chair because I connect so much to the story because I walked down a road and I made mistakes, and I walked away from the Lord for a while. And so this story just resonates with me so much um, because I'm living in the restoration of that. And I'm living in, um, in God bringing me back into his house and loving on me and um, throwing a party for my return, even though I was messed up and I, I was just living in complete and utter darkness. Um, so I want to encourage everyone today. Um, the, I like to call him the lostest brother. Um, all of us either know that guy or we've been that guy or maybe we are that guy. And um, if you guys are watching online, I'd encourage you, if you know that guy, send this to them um, because we want to see them all come to Christ. Awesome. So won't you scroll with me, turn with me? Um, it's okay if you have your Bible on your phone. A lot of preachers like to bash the, the Bible app on the phone, it's okay to scroll with me to Luke 15, um, verse 11. Um, we're just going to go through the story a little bit. I'm going to take you through the way I like to read the Bible is I like to make it like, like a series, you know, like action. Like I like to think about that. Thank you so much, Frank. I like to think about if this was a movie, how would I watch this as a movie, okay? So I want you guys to think about the father. I want you guys to think of the younger brother. I want you guys to think of the older brother and cast some actors, if you will, in your mind to play the role, okay? So I'm not gonna tell you who my actors were in my head because that's up to you guys because you might not like my actors and it's fine. So we're gonna start in verse 11. So Jesus has already spoken about the lost coin. He's already spoken about the lost sheep and he's just there. So now he says to to continue, I'm reading from the NIV. Um, Frank read from the NLT last week, but I'm reading from the NIV. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. Two sons. So two sons, think of who's casting there. Think of the man who you're casting there. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. Give me. Woof, hectic. 
So he divided his property between them. This always gets me, because <laughs> this son was quite, quite a confident guy, I think. I think it takes a lot of confidence to go up to your father, even if you have a very good relationship with him, to go to him and say, hey, Tops, um, stealing Frank's terminology there. Hey, Tops, I know that you are not dead. Awkward, because I kind of wish that you were. Because I want your, your cash. I want what's due to me when you die. And I can just imagine the father's heartbreaking that his son would rather have his wealth than him. Because that's what he's saying. Dad, it would be better if you were dead because then I would have your cash. That's what he's saying. But the father, in his, maybe he knew this guy needs to learn a lesson. Um, sometimes God lets us go on these paths that are not good for us because he knows that we need to learn that lesson. There's a saying in Afrikaans, Ashe vilni lerni, dan If you don't want to learn, then you must feel. And we are people, we are sinful, we have our flesh, and sometimes the Lord says, okay, that's fine, go, 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 go. You're going to feel, and then you're going to come back, it's okay. So not long after that, I'm in verse 13 now, not long after that, the son got together all he had, so he took his nice little packets that he got from his dad, he's like, oh, there's all my cash there, let me put all my, my tunics and my sandals in this nice little suitcase, probably more of a sack put the sack over his shoulder, and he went off to a distant land, the Bible says. He went off to a distant country where he squandered his wealth on wild living. So I like to think of this, the wild living that we read about in this story as, you know how the rappers live in today's world? Those oaks, you know the cash guns? Have you guys ever seen a video of a cash gun? You take a stack of money and you put it in a little gun, and then it shoots cash into the air. And these guys do that for fun, okay? So it's cash gun, it's bottles of champagne that you buy just to spray over everyone because, no, that, that champagne's for spraying, but this champagne is for drinking, okay? So this is how I picture it. I picture him at these like wild parties, just like, yes, another round for everyone on me, and everyone's like, woo, right? Because then he's like, I'm the man, I'm buying everyone drinks, everybody loves me, but he runs out of money, right? Because it's not endless. Even though his father was probably a super wealthy man, to be able to just give, okay, yeah, here's your cash. Go, go, go. It doesn't, it doesn't last forever. After he had spent everything, oof, Murphy's Law, hey? After he had spent everything, when he was down to his last cent, a famine hit the country. No food. Everything, if you think inflation is bad now, imagine inflation when there's no trade routes. There's no way to go and get cash. Like, no way to go and like, okay, no, we're going to import this. Guys, they had to put that onto a donkey cart to import from another country. That shipping time is not as quick as we have it right now. So he began to be in need, obviously, because he's got no cash. Everything has quintupled in price, it's hectic times. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country. Some other translations say he joined himself to another citizen of that country. And in those, when you say joined yourself, it means he sold himself into slavery, essentially. So he said, okay, 
at least if I come here, I can do something. He goes to him and says, listen, I grew up on a farm. I know, like, I look a little bit rough. I've been partying a bit, but I know how to work on a farm. I grew up on a farm. My dad has a farm. This guy's like, okay. Um, oh, you see, you see the pigs over there? I don't have anyone to feed the pigs because nobody wants to feed the pigs because the pigs are stinky. The pigs are ugly. No one wants to feed the pigs. But I guess you can come and you can feed the pigs because that's a job nobody else wants to do. Oof. He sent him into the field to feed the pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. You know, back in those days, pigs were, they used to just give pigs all of the rotten food. If they found roadkill, they would give the pigs that. The pigs just ate all of the rubbish that they couldn't feed to anything else or anyone else. No, this thing is going to mess with the crops, we can't put it on the crops, we can't even use it to fertilize the crops, feed it to the pigs. And he wanted to eat that stuff. Yuck. Then he came to his senses and he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food enough to spare? But here I am starving to death. I will set out, go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He said, it's better to be a slave there than to be a slave here. So he got up and he went to his father. Now this is probably like some of my favorite verses in the Bible. But while he was a, still a long way off, can you guys say a long way off? A long way off. How do you see someone when they're a long way off? Unless you're watching for them. He's checking. He's in his little, I don't know if there was two-story houses back there, but maybe he's on the roof of the house. And he's like, just like trying to look like he's busy. But he's like, who's that? Oh, no, it's Jojo from down the road. Okay, cool. Um, um, no, no, I'm, I'm just sweeping here. I'm just sweeping. Who's that? Who's that? No, that's, that's that chick that, that lives far away, but she comes to get water here. Okay, no, I'm just going to organize this. Who's that? Who's that? That's my boy. And he runs. He runs out to meet him. He was filled with compassion for his son and he ran to him, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The guy that has been feeding the pigs and has walked however many kilometers. First thing, not you, let's maybe go, go have a shower. Then we'll, we'll continue. No, no, he throws his arm around him and kisses him. Son said to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He doesn't even get to finish his prepared speech. He's practicing the whole way. He's, oh, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I've sinned against heaven and you. Make me like one of your hired servants. He's practicing the whole way there. He gets there. His dad cuts him off halfway through. As soon as he says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son, the father says, quick, quick, bring the best robe in the house. Bring a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Bring the fattened calf now and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost, but now he's found. The father doesn't deal with the problems that are facing him right now. My son is stinky. My son is dirty. My son is this. No, 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 no. Put a coat on him, put a robe on him, put shoes on his feet because his feet are full of blisters, his feet are bleeding, and put a ring on his finger because that's my son. 
Awesome. I'm getting so ahead of myself, but it's okay. So what do we see in this story? Next slide, please, Scotty. Next slide again. So what we see, if you've heard Brucey preach this before, I apologize. But what we see in this story is three sons, three fathers, two kingdoms, and two options. Three options, sorry. Thank you, Scott. <laughs> Scott's like, can you go to the next slide? So the three sons that we see in this story is the younger brother, right? That's the one we were just talking about. I was going to go into the whole older brother thing, but I don't want to spoil it for you guys. So we've got the younger brother. That's the oak that likes to party. He's a worldly guy, okay? We've got the older brother. That's a Pharisee. No, no, no. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Yeah. And he's so self-righteous. And then the third son that we're comparing to in the story is Jesus, the perfect son, living in the spirit. Three fathers, we've got the earthly father, your earthly father, oof. the heavenly father, love. And the last father is the father of lies. That's the devil. That's the one that takes you to either side. We, God, Jesus wants us here. The devil wants us either here, living in sin, in worldliness, feeling so shameful and like hating ourselves, or he wants us to live in religion, self-righteousness. I can do it. I can make myself better. I can do what I want, but I'm going to do it this way, and I can work to gain God's approval, because neither of those are life. Two kingdoms. Easy one. Kingdom of darkness, kingdom of light. Dark, dark, light, right? Three options. Worldly, secular humanism. Super weird spirituality, but I'm partying. But no, no, no. I've got like Philippians 4, whatever, in my, my Instagram bio, so I must mean I'm a Christian. But you see me at the club every other day chucking money in the air. Ooh, hectic. Or religious slavery. No, 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 no. Sorry. I'm going to church Monday night. I've got, um, I've got a leaders meeting, and I need to go and show everyone that I'm a really good leader, and I have to be there. There's non-negotiable, and I'm fighting with my wife in the car, but no, I'm going to go there, and I'm going to... <laughs> Tuesday night. No, Tuesday night is life group. I'm leading. I'm, I'm preaching about um, condemnation and judgment day. Wednesday night is prayer, and we've got to pray for those dirty sinners, hey? You know, we've got, to, we've got to pray for all of those people that are lost. Thursday night is, is, is worship practice. And all of those things are good things. But when it's done out of your own strength, when it's done to be, to work for God's approval, when it's, I'm in the box, babe. <laughs> when it's done, I'm staying in the box. When it's done to gain God's approval, that's religious slavery. That's not freedom. That's not life. I'm staying in the box. Make sure you've got me in the box here. You can hit the next slide there, Scotty. So the younger brother, that's the one we're focusing on today. The younger brother is a worldly sinner and a son of Satan. Hectic. So Jeremiah 17, 11 says, Like a partridge that hatches eggs that did not lay are those who gain riches by unjust means. When their lives are half gone, their riches will desert them, and in the end, they will prove to be fools. So I only know about the partridge in the pear tree. You know what I'm saying? 
and a partridge in a pear tree. I'm like, I didn't know anything about partridges. I'm reading this verse. And I'm like, flip, what's a partridge? You know, it's just in that Christmas song. But I did some research, and what partridges do, they steal eggs from other birds. So they actually will go and bully another bird away from their nest and go and sit on that egg, and they'll wait, and they'll hatch that egg. But it's a very sad life to be a partridge because they're just very broody, right? They just want to have a little baby, little baby chicken. So they steal, and then they sit, and they hatch it. And then what happens is, when that little baby bird learns to fly, as soon as it hears the song of the same species of bird it is, it flies away and goes to join its species again. So the partridge goes and he sits and like protects and like tries to hold this little baby bird. But as soon as that baby bird is old enough to fly away to its own kind, it does. And that's what it's like if you get money in a way that's not just like the son. You're like, oh, he's like so obsessed with the money, so obsessed with getting the money. And then once he gets it, it just goes away. Hectic. All right, can hit the next slide. We can see in the story, in verse 12, he only wants the father's hand, okay? Give me, give me my share of the estate. Give me, but all, here, come. Here's my invoice. (laughs) Eros, Eros love, if you guys did Agape Road, Eros with a hook. Yeah, I'm I'm loving you, but I, I need something. I need something. Take, take, take. These are the people that use and abuse other people and other things. He is more concerned with possessions and other people than with his father. He wants to go and be impressive to some people in some random, far-off, distant country. He's more concerned about making them like him and be proud of him and enjoy being with him than he is about the father. His heart attitude. Now, my dad in his notes put a little question mark there. But I think the heart attitude of of the younger brother, the lostest sons, is an attitude of entitlement. Give me. That's mine. You owe me. Of recklessness and impulsivity. No. The, the, The world says, no, follow your heart. Follow your heart. Do whatever feels right. Do what feels right. Power hungry. No. Another round of drinks for everyone at the bar because I want them to like me. I want them to respect me. But I'm going to buy their respect. I'm going to buy their love. He does not want the father's advice, counsel, or his ways because he sees that as interference in what he wants to do. No, I'm finding myself. I'm doing what feels right. I'm following my heart. Hectic. That's the end of that page. <laughs> and he does not want the father's presence, right? He moves away. As the second he gets his cash, the second he gets his little bag of money, he's like, sick, where's, the, where's this next other distant land? Yeah, I'm coming. Hop on a cart there and ride there, lacquer. Hit the next slide there, Scotty. But what does that, where does that take us? I tried to make a little downward spiral over there. (laughs) Also, that's supposed to say, let's look at the downward spiral, but it's okay. You guys still love me. So how does Satan teach his children? 
John 10, verse 10, just the beginning. The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. It feels nice. What feels right in the moment is to go out and getting drunk feels right in the moment and using drugs feels right in the moment and sleeping around feels right in the moment, but it only brings death and destruction. So let's watch, let's check this downward spiral of this guy. He squanders his wealth. Ooh, make it rain, yeah, party. Wild living. He spends everything. Famine hits the land. So now he's in need. So he goes and joins himself to someone else, becomes a slave. He's feeding pigs, already not kosher, longs to eat the, kid, the pig's food, so not kosher, right? What Frank said, little Jewish boy, grew up in a Jewish home. For him to be feeding the pigs, it's hectic. Rock bottom, man. Next slide. Let's read um, from Ephesians chapter 2. I'm reading from verse 1 to 10. As for you, us, all of us, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. Sure. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved, and God raises us up in Christ, seated with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus." For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works that anyone can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, in which God prepared for us to do. Basically, we're all sinners. We're all deserving of wrath. But God, in his great mercy and his grace, he brings us to himself. Hit the next slide there, please. The repentance. At rock bottom, he comes to his senses. Sometimes, sometimes God lets us get to rock bottom. He just leaves us because he knows that when we hit rock bottom, we're going to turn to him. So this is what repentance looks like. Repentance is first coming to your senses. It's the start of the upward spiral. So we've already spiraled downwards, now we're going up like a spiral staircase. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25 to 26 says, Opponents must be gently instructed in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth, that they will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. A great example of like this illustration is Psalm 107. I'm not going to have time to dive into it today, but it is such a good psalm. When I was coming back into like the life of Christ, I used to read that psalm at least once a week because that was my life story. So go and read Psalm 107. It's a great one. The next step is to return to the Father, taking responsibility for your choices and no longer blaming everyone else. Oof. Genesis, 
I'm not going to read it, but basically what happens is Adam and Eve fall. Eve chows the fruit, gives it to Adam, says this is lacquer. He chows it as well. Then God's like, what happened? Adam's like, this chick, this woman that you gave me, she ate the fruit. So then God's like, okay, Eve, no, that serpent, that flippant serpent deceived me. Blame, 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 right? And we can do that when we're in the world. We blame everything on, oh, no, but, you know, my, my upbringing was just so rough. And, and, yeah, your upbringing was rough. It's not an excuse. And, no, like, oh, I'm just, like, I'm just feeling so, like, down, and I need to go out, and I need to go and, like, feel better. And it's not going to make you feel better. So just stop blaming everyone else. Then confession, saying to the Father, I have sinned against heaven and you. I am no longer worthy. Then to ask for forgiveness. 1 John 1 verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So he goes through this little checklist in his head. He probably didn't even know it, but that's what happens. So he got up and he went to his father. Not after he got his act together. So he didn't say, let, let, me, let me work here with the pigs for a little while and like, I'll just pray a bit more and I'll read my Bible a little bit more and like, I'll, I'll recite the Torah 20 times and then maybe I'll start acting right and then I can go back to my dad once I'm sorted out. No. Immediately. Next slide. The return. He was dead, but now he is alive. So the lost son returns, but he still doesn't understand the father's heart. All he has faith for is religious slavery. Spoiler alert, just like the older brother. Because he said, it's better for me to go and be a hired servant at my dad's house than to be in slavery here. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Was he ever worthy? Are we worthy? What makes us worthy? But the blood of Jesus. Make me like one of your servants. At the beginning, he was all, gimme, 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 gimme. Gimme that thing. Dad, I want a new horse. Dad, I want this thing. Okay, gimme my inheritance. Come, come, come. You're taking too long to die. Now he says, make me. Let the Lord make you what he wants to make you. And know your identity. You are a child of God. You are not a slave to God. Next, the restoration. The father restores the younger son to his kingdom. I'm not going to read this, Matthew. It's a good one. Basically, this guy has two sons. He says to the one, he says to both of them, I want you to go and work in the field. The one says, ah, no, I'm not cool. I'm not cool with that. I don't want to. But then he goes and he works in the field later. Then the other son says, yeah, 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 I'll go, 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 go. And then he doesn't go and work. And Jesus asks the Pharisees, which one does this, does this father want? They said the first. The one who says, no, I'm not going to, and then does. Rather than the one who says, yeah, 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 I will, I'm for you, but then doesn't do anything. Next slide. Entry into the kingdom, you must be born again. John 3, 3, Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. The Father rescues us from the kingdom of darkness and brings us into the kingdom of the Son whom He loves. 
In Colossians 1, 13 to 14, it says, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, amen, and the forgiveness of sins. Love that word, redemption. The Father gives us a new kingdom identity. How many of you guys know what Barabbas means? Well, John? Son of Abba. Son of the Father. Barabbas was the sinner that they exchanged. The Jews said, no, we don't want Jesus. That guy can die. We want Barabbas. Give him back. The son of the Father was one of the first people, was the first person that was exchanged for Jesus. Shh, I'm landing. <laughs> Our faith in Jesus justifies us in the eyes of the Father. Um, I'm not going to run into what the things... You can, next, next slide, because that was going to be a spoiler anyway, so I'm not going to talk to you about what the robe and the ring and the sandals and everything represents, but it's awesome. Like, <laughs> wait for Jesus, it's going to be great. The rebrand. We need to live life on earth with our new identity as kingdom sons and daughters of God, just like Jesus did. Jesus came to win our right to be the children of God once again. Romans 8 verse 19, sorry, Romans 8, 17 to 18 said if, now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us. This is the process by which we become glorified as sons and daughters of God. Romans 8, 19 says that the creation is waiting and groaning for the true kingdom sons and daughters of God to be revealed. Finally, I am landing. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Now, I don't think that the son going away and squandering all his wealth and messing up his life was the father's best plan for his child. I don't think it was even plan B or C or D. But the father allowed it, and he worked it out for good. The father said, go. I know you need, you need to see this. You need to see what's out there. You need to see that there's no life and that there's no health and that there's nothing there for you. I know that you need to feel that because you've got something in your heart, but you're going to come back because you're going to see when you're there, when you hit rock bottom, you're going to see that life with me is so much better. See, this is what God does. He takes the worst situation you could possibly think of and he works it for the good of those who love you. I'm reminded of a, a funny story where this man, um, forgive me if I don't tell it right because it, it wasn't prepared, but this man's son gets sick and people are like, oh, shame, it's so bad that your son is sick. It's terrible, sorry. He said, maybe. The next day, the country goes into war and they enlist all of the able-bodied young men and his son doesn't get drafted because he's sick. They say, oh, it's such a good thing that your son didn't have to go to war. Maybe. His donkey gets stuck 
oh, it's so terrible. What can we do to help? That's, that's, that's just sucks. Sorry, sorry. Maybe. And then, sorry, I'm not even telling it right. His horse runs away, he says, maybe. Then he comes back with seven wild horses. So he had one horse, now he's got eight. And all he says when people say, no, this is so terrible, he says, maybe. Because he knows that his God turns everything around and works it out for the good of him who loves him. I'm going to pray. Won't you stand with me? You know, probably preaching to those of us who have already come back, but on the off chance that I'm preaching to someone who's is lost and is currently walking that road, currently going down that downward spiral. I want to pray for you. But I also want to pray for those of us who know someone that is currently going down a downward spiral. I want to pray for those of us who are just longing to see a loved one come back to Christ. So I don't need, um, I don't need anyone to lift their hands or to to raise their hand and say, yes, that's me, I'm lost son. God knows your heart. And I do want to encourage you that won't you join us in the ministry lounge afterwards because we would love to pray with you and, and counsel you. And I'm going to pray. And if you just pray along with me to what, what resonates with you. Father, come before you today. And we are so grateful for you. We are so grateful for your compassion, for the love that you have for us, that you sent your own son, Jesus, to die in our place, Lord. Without you, we are nothing. And Lord, I want to pray for those of us who are lost, for those of us who are on a journey of, of pain and suffering and are just, just keep, it just keeps getting worse, Lord. I pray firstly, Lord, that they would come to their senses. That we would come to our senses in the ways that we are walking away from you. That we would come to our senses in the areas that we are not surrendering to you. That we would come to our senses in the ways that we are not honoring you, Lord. We come back to you and we say, Lord, we have sinned. We are not worthy, but Christ makes us worthy. And because of the blood of Jesus, we can come boldly towards you and say, Father, thank you for loving me. Lord, I want to pray for, for the prodigals that are not here this morning, for the prodigals that we are standing in the gap for, that we are interceding for. Lord Jesus, may they come to their senses. Lord Jesus, may they not have to go any further down in that downward spiral to come to their senses. Lord Jesus, because I know that that spiral just keeps going down until it can't go down anymore. I pray that they would come to their senses, that they would repent and that they would be restored to your kingdom, Lord Jesus. We love you and we glorify you and we are so, so grateful for your son that we may live life in the kingdom of light as sons and daughters of God, not as slaves. To you be all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.
Thank you, church.